another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Casper McLeod and with me on the other side of my screen is Patty Grinlay. Patty, how are you? I hope you're doing well. Your Tigers are doing very, very well. I hope you're doing as well as your Tigers. Yeah, not wrong, Casper. Uh, G'day, everyone. Um, Fantastic win. I was pretty stoked with the West Coast victory. I, I didn't tip Richmond. I tipped against us and I was proven wrong. And I was quite happy to be proven wrong. I think they're in a good little vein of form. So fingers crossed. You guys are awesome at the moment. High flying, oh, yeah. that is for sure. But before we get into predicting rounds 15 and 16, we've got to discuss the first little bit of the uh got to discuss the first little um first little segment of the footy festival that just happened round 14 it feels like it only started yesterday but that's the football season we have at the moment first we'll discuss our biggest highlight from the weekend i'll start and i think Yes. Uh, I have to, you know, I've got to bring it up. I have to bring it up. The Joe show. Yes. Joey Danaher. Welcome back. Joey, how you doing? He's doing great. He's back out there. And my goodness, doesn't he look great? Oh, the marks he was taking, the goals he was snapping. Even the behinds he was kicking got me excited. It's like, cool. he kicked the behind. How great. He looked awesome. He looked awesome. And a wider, it was it was a symptom of how incredible Essendon were going in that second half. 11 goals to three. Imagine if we played like that from the beginning. Just imagine. Imagine. Yep. Ooh. Now. No, that was awesome. That performance does come with a little caveat. And that is that we have to stop starting games so slowly. Right, it hasn't. That is true. Yeah. It hasn't cost us just yet. It kind of cost us against you guys, but it hasn't cost us a lot this season. We came back against Collingwood, obviously to come back against Hawthorne, but I fear that it will cost us in the future, and we have a very difficult run coming up, which we will get to. But that for me is the top highlight of the round. Let's say weekend round. How about you, Patty? Yeah, Joe Danaher, that was awesome. Um, it, I don't really want to rehash on what we've already talked about as much, but my own perspective for the Joe Danaher um, resurgence and return was I was watching it. Well, not watching it. Well, I was watching it on television um, while in conversation with my Essendon supporting friend who almost saw it as, as the return of return of the saviour, Jesus Christ's yeah. second coming. With a, yeah, the Messiah back moustache yeah it was just it was just so fantastic and and what made me oh i actually i think i'll use this as my highlight what excited me most about joe was that footy he's playing the same way that he did when he was in his all australian years team was one of the most exciting up-and-coming players in, in the competition it didn't look like he was at all hampered by the to this day so it was, it was just, it, it made me just smile for such a long time. I had such a horrid run with injury. 
Yeah. To come back to basically win his team the game. Yeah. Without Joe in your front and come back. Or with that to get the top of the horse. That Yep. Nope. I agree. Okay, Patty. Biggest negative for you. Biggest negative. Yeah, there there were a few, but um, I don't really want to get to get into the um the the goal line camera thing quite yet. Huh. Um, what I'll do is, and this it is a bit unfair to beat up on North. Um, because they are in such a hole. But, you know, to lose by 10 goals and score four is pretty disappointing, especially when you think about what they've done with that list, where they've refused to bottom out for a number of years now following their finals um, campaigns in 2015, 2014, um, where they got actually, you know, they got to a prelim, but they, they've never really decided to or committed to the full rebuild. And we're seeing what effect that's had on the team right now because they are bereft. They are just almost non-competitive, really. They're, they're roadkill. You know, they didn't kick a goal in, in the half of footy. They kicked three points to Gold Coast's 5-11 in the second half. Um, yeah, it, it, I feel bad for North Melbourne, but they have done this themselves. They've got themselves in a hole by refusing to address the issues on their list. And, you know, they've, they've spent all that money on Jared Pollock, who's not playing. Um, so, yeah, disappointing for North Melbourne fans, disappointing for the club um, at a time where people would be concerned about them justifying their existence. So, yeah, that was... It was almost sad to watch, really, North. Well, I tell you what, the glory days of the mid to late 90s and the mid to late 70s have never seemed so far away as they yeah. do right now. They look abysmal out on the footy field. And you said that it's unfair to, um, to jump on north. They brought this upon themselves. Nobody yeah. forced them to have such a short coaching search after Brad Scott. I still think that it's the right decision to get rid of Brad Scott. You know, nearly nearly 10 years and couldn't get them anywhere past a prelim final. Um, they were, I don't want to say they were lucky to make those two prelim finals. Those North teams were pretty good. But really, aside from the first 10 weeks of the 2016 season, when they won their first nine games, they went nine and one, Aside from that first opening block of the 2016 season and making the prelim final in 2014-2015, the Kangaroos under Brad Scott were very, very meh. But the question is now, North Melbourne fans, do you prefer being meh or do you prefer being a team that nearly lost to Gold Coast by 100 points. And I know that there'll be people saying like, oh, 63 points isn't anywhere near 100 points. What if the Suns had kicked straight? What if it wasn't 5-11? What if it was 11-5 instead? Then you'd be knocking on the door of a 100-point loss. And do you know what? It would have been well-deserved. The Suns were incredible. 
Think about this. They kicked one goal, six in the third quarter. Gold Coast. Max King kicked two, four for the entire game. Ben King? Ben King. Ben King, Gold Coast, Max King, St. Kilda. Ben King kicked two goals, four. Imagine if he kicked four goals, two. Just think about this, North Melbourne oh, fans. A 63-point margin flattered you. Yeah. That. that is a sentence that should not be said. And Paul Reith Shaw, he looked like a fish out of water during the press conference. He looked absolutely lost. I feel very, very sorry for him. Uh, biggest positive surprise of the weekend. I really liked watching comebacks. That was awesome, wasn't it? Um, having it, having a weekend where you had Esselin come back from that massive margin, where you had um, the, the Cats come back from that massive margin. Gee, it's entertaining, isn't it? Like it is. just watching a team figure it out in the space of 10, 15 minutes. Well, not 10, mm. 15 minutes, sorry. Um, and just go for it. That was awesome. Um, and I wasn't expecting to see many comebacks this year um, just because of how short the games are. Uh, and you couldn't have blamed anyone for that. Yep. So that was super exciting. I agree. Look, we'll talk about this game. We'll talk about this game later. But I should talk about Melbourne because for as someone who was so down on them, for most of this year, they are right in the thick of it for finals. And I did not expect that from them this season. In fact, they are so in the thick of it, they are currently in eighth. That's how much in the thick of it they are. They control their own destiny, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Demons. And looking at the rest of their season, they play us in the final round. You know, not, not, a, bad, not a bad thing for them to be playing us. Obviously, they don't have a bye because... They had an unintended buy early in the year. They play the Swans this round up in um, up in uh, Cairns, which they should win. And I think they uh, the AFL app, the AFL website is uh, playing up on my phone. But the point is, they control their own destiny, the Demons, and they could yes. finish. Really, they could finish anywhere. They play the Dockers in round sixteen. And then round 17, they play the Giants. All teams below them on the ladder at the moment. And if they're good enough, they should win all those games. Even if, yeah, they, win, even if they win just the next three, it sets up a tantalizing round 18 game against the Bombers, potentially for eighth spot. I think the AFL should put that on either Friday night, maybe either Thursday, Friday, or Monday night, standalone game. Yep, uh, I think you've got a really cool little run home in, into the, the the bottom three spots in the eight, which is going to be seriously exciting. And the AFL is basically going to have a monopoly on that. They're going to be able to put that on screen. So as long as they're clever about this, um, I'm sure we'll be seeing a very interesting little passage of football awaiting us. And I, I like the Ds. I think when they're on, they play, play great footy. It's awesome watching Christian Petrarca just bully his way through packs. It's serious. He's a seriously awesome player, Christian Petrarca. Yep. Yep. He is the bull 
uh, in a paddock full of cows. He looks just incredible. There's nothing stops him. He just sees red and he just goes for it. Um, just incredible. I think the biggest negative for the weekend. Um, how about you? How about you? Biggest negative. Biggest, ne- biggest negative. Um, I'll always stay on how. Well, look for the AFL to not have a um, have any facilities at Alice Springs is a bit alarming. If we're being completely honest. Oh, now um, they will though. Now, now they, they will. will. They committed to that, and I. I, I love seeing footy in the Alps, and it's so awesome to have that happen. And we've got the opportunity to do it, so we may as well do it. Um, but yeah, geez, you, you'd feel pretty flat if you're a Saints supporter about how that that ended up. If you were a Saints fan, you would probably rightfully say, "What the heck? Hey, yeah. AFL." Mind explaining this? That's yep. seven days too late. Mm. Yeah, pretty disappointing. Um, and I'm pretty sure that was a goal from Petrarca anyway. But... It'd be good to be able to tell. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? And it, it's just... Dougal Howard was pretty sure he touched it before the line. Kane Corns yeah. thought that it was touched. But then yet again, that's Kane Corns. Um Yes, no Kane's a bit like, <laughs> No offense, Kane. We love you, but sometimes we don't. Anyways, uh, moving on um, to my biggest negative. Now, St. Kilda fans. I think the biggest negatives for me is going to be a tie between the Blues, because we just talked about North Melbourne being the lowlights, so I can't mention them as the biggest negative as well, even though I really, really want to. But instead, I'll talk about Carlton, the Western Bulldogs, and St. Kilda. Carlton and the Bulldogs, because they had an opportunity to stay with the top eight and blew it. They can't afford to lose another game this year. Carlton play the Lions in round 18, I believe. The Bulldogs play the Eagles in round 16. Two very difficult games right there. And they missed a head. They were both in a position to win. They were both in a position to win. The Blues were up in the third quarter. And Collingwood held them goalless in the last. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs, I couldn't believe that first quarter. My friend and fellow co-host some weeks, Liam, messaged me because his second team, second team are the dogs. And so he messaged me saying like, how about them dogs? And I hadn't seen the score and I checked. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, whoa, dogs are up by six goals. And then something was just like, huh, the Hawks were up by six goals yesterday. Yep. Interesting. And the same thing happened. The same thing happened again. I couldn't believe it. The same round. The same round. We saw two come from behind wins where it choked away a 36-point lead. Yeah. Lucky to see that once in a lifetime. That's happened once in the lifetime of a cicada. <laughs> it's incredible. 
if you were cicada born on Wednesday, you would have seen two six goal victories, six goal six goals um, come from behind victories in this in your lifetime. You would have died very, very, very sudden, like very soon after that. But you would have been very happy to see that. You know, been like, wow, wow. the football was great while I was alive. Biggest yeah. negative for me. So that's the dogs and the blues. The Saints, they're in the eight still. All of a sudden, you know, went from looking like possible top four, excuse me while my earphones get very, very confused about whether or not they want to actually be plugged into my computer or not. Uh, you might hear my cat in the distance. Um, wanted to join in on this podcast. I'll say this. The Saints had a great opportunity to stamp their authority and say, no, we, be- we, we do belong in finals football this year. They had an opportunity yeah. to make a statement against a team yeah. that ever since the 2006 elimination final, the Saints have dominated the Ds, dominated them for the most part. Right? There are a couple of losses in 2018 – it was like a one game in 2017. No, maybe like maybe two games in 2017 and then one game in 2018 that the Demons won. But aside from that, every single game between the 2006 Elimination Final and this past weekend between the Demons and the Saints, heaven has come out on top of hell. <laughs> Good the, demons, the Demons are the Saints' bunnies, right? Yeah. They had an opportunity to really make a statement. They shouldn't have been within. A, they shouldn't have lost this game. They shouldn't have been in a position to lose this game. So opportunity missed, and it was really, really disappointing for them. Really disappointing for the Bulldogs and Blues. So that's why, for two very different reasons, but kind of similar, I have to say that the Bulldogs, Blues, and Saints are without a doubt, without a Doubt. You see me? No doubt. Yeah. The biggest negatives of the weekend. Now, we move on to the biggest talking points of the weekend. We just discussed this game, so I thought it would be a good transition. Round uh, part one, I should say, talking point number one. Did Petrarca kick a goal, or was it touched? Well, you can't see, can you? That's the problem. Um I think you go with the goal umpire in that scenario who called a goal. It looks close. I reckon it was a goal. Um, but, you know, we've got no goal line camera to really prove it, do we? So, I think I think it was a goal. Defenders are normally very honest <laughs> when goals are kicked. And he, he claimed that it was a goal, right? Uh, he, sorry, he claimed that it was touched, Dougal Howard. And yeah. you know what? If this game was a game of soccer or a game of football, as some people call it, I would have said, yeah, no, it's definitely a goal. But in soccer, it doesn't matter if somebody touches it. As long as it crosses the line into the back of the – that's the goal, right? doesn't matter who touches it, right? A fan could touch it, and it would still be a goal. In football, it matters, which is why I'm saying it was a point. It was a point. 
the Saints were robbed. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that because I kind of don't. I can't look right. Melbourne fans, I would love to be proven wrong about you guys this year. I would love, right? I would love for this to be a. Uh, the name of that football expert just slipped my slipped my mind. You know the guy who tipped West Coast to finish Wooden Spooners in 2018 and then tried to take credit oh, yeah. for it when they won the premiership that year? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I would love for that to be me this year. I would love for that to be at the end of the year when you guys win the grand final for me to be able to say, <laughs> do you know what? I'm glad that that galvanized him. <laughs> I would love to say that. But at the same time, my tipping is far behind. My tipping is so far behind, right? I'm in a tipping competition with dad, and dad is dominating me, right? It's a dad domination at the moment. And I just want to be, I just want to be right. I just want to be right. I want to have the correct tip. Let me have this, Melbourne fans. Please, please. But alas, it can't happen because then that, that would be unfair. Um... Speaking of unfair, so now the technology is actually being put at the ground. Yeah. How about that? How about the goal of the <laughs> AFL to announce after that to say that they are putting in new technology at the ground? Congratulations, AFL. You have one game a year up in Alice, and you made it into a circus show. With how so many? Sad. Seriously, honestly, the main attraction of any football game should be the footy itself. Sometimes, you know, the location is important, and you know, should be the main focus point. Like the games up in the Northern Territory, because they don't happen that much. It should never be a goal review gone wrong. Goal review gone wild. Okay, that shouldn't have been the thing, and I'm disappointed. I hope that they put Snicko in at that ground as well, because I swear to goodness, if if next year when the game gets taken to Alice, it'll be Melbourne versus someone, and that you know whoever loses only loses because the ball hit the post or brushed the post, but the umpire you know they didn't have edge at the ground sponsored by RMIT University best university in Australia, then I'm going to lose my marbles, right? <laughs> and I'm not a violent person, but I will throw this football at, not at someone, I'll just throw it at my cupboards. Just like that. Yeah. But nice. it's frustrating. Very non-violent, I like it. Well, thank you. I try my best to be non-violent. I've taken illustration out on my pillows a few times. Each of my pillows would say that I'm a little bit violent. But I try to be nonviolent. Just as well they're an inanimate object then. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Saints. We just discussed this, and I don't mean to rub salt into the wounds, St. Kilda. But are they in danger of slipping out? And similarly, are the Blues gone? Turn the finals. Are they? Are they? I think the Blues. Are, I think the Blues are knackered. Um, I'll be honest. I think they. They. It's going to be too much, too hard of a run home for them. In my opinion. I think the Saints should be okay. They've played really well this year. 
I don't think that this is going to be a... It, it's a setback, yes, but it's not going to destroy their season. Or God, I hope not, because those poor St Kilda fans, surely they've, they've had enough. Surely. The loss to the Demons. The loss to North that, Melbourne. Yeah. The loss to Fremantle. I mean, if they, and this is one thing I, I would say. If... Yes, the, it's disappointing that the um, there, were, there wasn't the tech at the ground. But when Petrarca kicks the goal, there's still six minutes of footy left. Like You've still basically got nearly half the quarter. What's stopping... If you want to blame, I think, as a St Kilda supporter, that uh, loss on the, on the call there by the umpire, I think there are other issues at hand. They've... Um, They've lost to two clubs who they really should have beaten by after after leading by five or six goals, and they've lost to Freo in North Melbourne. We've seen what's happened to North since. Fremantle aren't going to make the finals. They are the architect of their own demise, if you will. Um, so I think it'd be immature to blame the umpires for this one. Yes, it's a shame that that's what it came to in the end. The, uh, that's what's being talked about. And yes, it's a shame they didn't have that those sort of um, that tech at Alice Springs. But I think Sinclair have made their own. They've got no one to blame but themselves. Yep, I agree. Thank you to supporters. I feel for you. I really do. I really do feel for you. You guys have got to be the most loyal group of supporters out there. And you should be commended for that. Moving on, though, I think... Oh, I should offer my own opinion on this, shouldn't I? Um, are the Saints in danger of slipping out? I think they have a real opportunity in 16 to make their stand because they play the Hawks. I think this coming weekend, just checking to see who they play, I think they have a bye. Okay, they do have a bye. So that will kind of let them just regroup a little bit. Then they play the Hawks on Sunday and they should win that game. They should win. Yeah. And if they do, then I think they'll be safe. If they don't, well, that's when things get interesting. That's when things get really interesting. So uh, in terms of Carlton, yeah, I think the Blues are done. Sorry, Carlton fans. Um, not really though. Can't stand Carlton. But anyways, can the Crows win a game this season. I know. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I can't remember if it was with you or Patty uh, or Patty. <laughs> you or Patty. <laughs> Patty. Jeez, my brain at the moment. You or Liam or uh, or MVD. I can't remember which one uh, who I talked to about this with. But the Crows, nevertheless, are in deep, deep, deep trouble. So I just want to discuss with you, as my headphones, I realize it's not going to work, so that's okay. Do you think that the Crows can win a game this year? Or will they become the first team since 1964 Fitzroy to go, oh, and however many games in a season. Back then it was 18. This year will be 17. Oh, and 17. Uh, yes, they will. Um, their only chance, I think, is against Hawthorne. Um, and I think Hawthorne worked great, but 
I reckon Adelaide won't win one. It's just, I think everything's really conspired against them, if you think about it, to for them to not win it. Because they've just got, if we're being real, they haven't had enough time to really play a roadkill team. Because the season, like, there's so many teams that are still in contention. Like, we've just, we've just ruled Carlton out. But mathematically, they, they're still, they can still get in. They just won't, um, we reckon. So, I th- yeah, I think, I think the Crows, um, they're not going to do it, unfortunately, for them. Um, I don't think that they actually should try to even. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they should tank the rest of the year. They're not going to need any help, I don't think. But um, they need to just keep playing the young fellas. Don't worry about bringing back Bryce Gibbs or trying to scrape a game and scrape a win. It's better off for them to just continue the year out. Hopefully, they can work hard enough so that they can maybe scrape a game against a Hawthorne type. What's important for them is that they stay the course because we've we've seen what happens when clubs try to be competitive when they really should be rebuilding because we're we're looking at North Melbourne, who I think are in worse shape than the Crows for the future. So, yeah, I mean, like if if you look at the Crows' young players, right, you've still got so many young guys who are in that in that team. Like, there are a bunch of guys that've got good leadership at a little bit of good leadership at the club. They're going to get players, like they're going to lose probably Brad Crouch, you know, Rory Atkins is leaving. They're getting a natural list turnover. So they're going to get enough high picks that it's going to be bloody difficult for them to bugger it up. North Melbourne have got so many middling players on middling contracts who aren't really giving them anything. Like, And, and this is no disrespect to, the, to a guy, and I'm only using him as an example, that Sean Atley's played over 200 games of AFL for them. And he's been a good contributor. But when you, that guy is getting a game every week because you just don't have enough young blokes. When, you're, when you've you got a guy, Jared Polek, who you're probably paying 800000 uh, a year to play for your footy team, and you're dropping him, like that, that is just, that's an indictment on what's happened to that football club. So, yeah, look, I, 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 I would totally put back being a North, uh, Adelaide supporter over being a North supporter at the, at the moment, which is an incredible thing to say, but I just don't think North are much chop for now or for the future. I'll say this. Uh, I agree with you on that because Adelaide, you can see the direction they're going in. Right? Yeah. You can see the fact that it's going to be painful. It's going to yep. take a while. But you can see the end goal. Right? They yes. can see what the Suns are becoming, right? The Suns went through many painful years, but through that, they were able to get high draft picks and they now have some of the best young talent in the league. Some of the best young talent seen since the likes of Luke Hodge, Chris Judd, Nick Rewalt from that 2001 super draft, right? The Suns look awesome and they're all playing on the same team. Imagine had Chris Judd, Luke Hodge and Nick Rewalt played all on the same team. Yeah, I mean, Lukosius, Rankin, Anderson, Rao. Like, that is just, like, oh my goodness. Even if you lose one of those guys, like, I think Jack Lukosius is almost underrated um, because the dude is, all his life has been a full forward. They've put him off half back. He can get 25 touches a game and kick them 70 metres and hit up a target. 
You know, all the talk's been about uh, Rankine and Rao for good reason, but Anderson and Lukosius. I mean, Anderson's probably going to win the Rising Star Award this year. Yep. And he's been quite, very quiet in his first year of AFL footy in going into that midfield, and he's getting 25, 27 touches a game as a first-year midfielder. I mean, come on. Yep. They're taking the mickey, these blokes. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Just give them the 2023 Premiership already. You heard it here first, folks. 2023 oh, yeah. Premiership heading to the Goldie, that is for sure. And that's what happens when you bottom out properly and when you, yeah. when you commit to the total rebuild and you focus on building a culture rather than just trying to win cheap games. Yeah. Um, looking at you, North. That, well, okay, that being said, though, right, there's a difference between winning, cheap, winning a cheap game and not winning any game, right? I mean, obviously there's a difference, but there's a difference between winning, sorry, hang on. There's a difference between winning a cheap game and winning a game to avoid an unwanted 56 year record. 56 that is true. 56 year record. That is, that is very true, but um, I think football's in a different spot to where it was a long time ago. I don't think Adelaide have to worry um, Really, that if they're going to if they're going to uh, complete like if they're not going to win a game this year, I don't think they have to be worried about um, being relegated or taken out of the AFL or losing their license. I think um, I think they know what they're doing. It's just going to be, a, a, as you say, a really hard road. But imagine, sorry, just think about all the terrible football teams that they've been since 1964 Fitzroy. Yeah, 95% of the terrible teams since then have probably been a Fitzroy team of some description, right? And yet, the only team that would have gone winless since then would be a team that three years beforehand played off in the grand final? Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's unbelievable, but that's where football is at. And I think a lot of it um, has to be put on this year because... I think there's a, a very likely scenario that in um in a normal 2020 season that by this point of the year, there'll be other teams that have put the queue in the rack in Adelaide. Like, for example, Hawthorne. Um, you can't tell me that um, if Hawthorne knew they were out of the finals and no chance that they would be playing um, the likes, they would, they would be playing the kids and that's the chance that Adelaide have. So I think they can just, they need to understand it's a compromised year that they are doing the right thing by staying the course. And hopefully, hopefully it works for them. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Look, Adelaide, honestly, I don't know if what they're going through is karma for the club, for what they did to their own players with the mind camp. Thing back in like yeah I know that's that that's the thing it's going to be hard to get over. It's I still can't believe they did that and there are still players playing for them who went through that. Uh, and I yeah I don't know obviously you know it's difficult to to tell what the mental impact is on a player if you're not said player. So I don't know we'll see. We'll see. It'll be very interesting to see. Uh, be very interesting to see what picks they get in return for the likes of Atkins and possibly the Crouch, uh, Crouch brothers. So it'll be interesting to see. 
you mentioned Premier. I mentioned Grand Final, right? Does winning a Premiership define you as a player and a coach? I want to talk about this because Nathan Buckley brought this up in his press conference. Very interesting. Apparently, somebody wrote that you know Bucks would have a hollow feeling if he never won a Premiership as a coach, right? Because he came so close as a player, he's come so close as a coach. I think he won one as like an assistant coach, but you know, assistant coach, but <laughs> compare that to if you win like a, a, a proper, as, as a coach, as a head coach, you know, assistant coach would be like a child's play, I can imagine. No insult to any assistant coaches out there, but I'm just saying. Totally. Imagine winning one as like a head coach. So my question to you is, does winning a premiership define you as a player? I don't think so. Um, I've been a Richmond fan long enough to see us with Matthew Richardson and Joel Bowden and Wayne Campbell and fantastic players, all of them, um, who never won a flag. But we still, like I still talk, like my formative footballing memories are watching Richo tear it up at the MCG or at the Telstra Dome when I was a little fella. Um, and he never won a flag. He never really won that. I think did he, I think he won one final in his career because he was injured so much. Um, so I think it's I think it is narrow to look at it. Like yes, you have to consider a coach's success, especially if they're a coach. But there are many coaches who are very good who have never won a flag. And Ross Lyon, for example, has been to the mountain a few times, but he's never been able to really do it. That doesn't mean he's a bad coach, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I would disagree with that. I'll disagree with you for one reason. Why do we play this game? To, yeah, that, make, no, that makes sense. I, under, I understand that. Um, but I think a, player, a player's success as a, oh, sorry, a player's success. A person's success as a footballer is not limited to their on-field success. Um, for a, uh, What's a good that, example? Of that that is literally almost all that it's down to. That is, uh, okay, look, right, I'll give you an example. Robert Murphy, Bob Murphy, love him, love Bob. If he, if he played in 2016 in the, in the premiership, I reckon that Bulldog supporters would be holding him up as one of the best ever Bulldogs players. Up there yeah. with the likes yep. of Chris Grant, uh, the senior Liberatore, Stutton, you know, all those great, great, great Bulldogs players. And yet I don't think they do. All because I, think they, I think there's a difference with, um, with a guy like Bob. Um, the same, I think, with, uh, actually, that's probably not reasonable, actually. Never mind. Um, I think because what Bob did as the captain of that footy club was set a culture that was able to eventually win, to win the grand final that year, that he didn't play, that he was still such an integral part of that team. Yes, he didn't win the flag, but I don't think without him at the football club, they would have. Um, so, look, I think... I think there's a, I think success needs to be defined in a different sort of fashion because I think while it is important to say oh look this bloke um, did win like he won won a grand final like for example Jonathan Simpkin right 
um, who's probably who's not done much in his career, in his, did not did sorry didn't do much in his football career. He won a flag with Hawthorne. Uh, you can't tell me that he's a less important player than the Matthew Richardson or Bob Murphy. Great point. Interesting though, I for me right. I remember this football debate early in the year would be like a which full which forward in their prime would you want more on your team, Nick Rewalt or Matthew Pavlich? And the stats were a lot. They, like, I was so surprised at how similar they were as players in terms of the amount of accolades they won, amount of games that they played, you know, how many goals they kicked. You know, two forwards that are very difficult to split. Another thing that separated, that didn't separate them, was the lack of premiership success. Right, obviously Pav made it to the 2013 Grand Final where the Dockers were down by the Hawks and Nick Rewalt, those heartbreaking 2009 and 2010 Grand Finals, had one of them won one of those games. For me, it's an open and shut case. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, to say, I think Jack Rewalt's career, you know, when you look at it in association with his Coleman medals, you know, um, he's won two flags and two commons. Like, how much better does that record look with the flags named next to it? Absolutely. But look, I think um, I think success, especially if you're a, is more. I think you've got to consider culture and where where Buckley's pies were compared to where they are now. I agree with that, and I'll I'll mention one case in favour of what Buck said. Buddy Franklin, right. If yeah. got two years to go, I won't play this year, got two years ago, if he doesn't win a premiership with Sydney, has his tenure there been a failure? Because really the Swans brought him in primarily to win the flag, right? And if yeah. he doesn't win a premiership, obviously, they wouldn't have done that. Well, I think it's a bit different with Bud because, well, they went to a grand final twice, but He's a very good player, but I think the biggest question over that is the contract, specifically the length of it, because he's now at the point of his career, through no fault of his own, where his body maybe just can't quite do it anymore. Mm. Um, and he's still got a few years left in his contract. And do you think, oh, geez, that was an interesting financial decision. But Sydney aren't really contending at the moment either, are they? So... Maybe though. Yeah, I think it's difficult. I think you have to see what he's able to do for, like, as in a mentoring role. Well, I was just yeah. about to say that, right? You mentioned Bob Murphy, how the Dogs win in one twenty sixteen if he wasn't there. If the Swans somehow exactly, yeah. premiership in the next yeah. few seasons, then I don't think they would be able to if Buddy wasn't there, yeah. right? What a great mentor for the likes of Nick Blakey and all these other young Swans forwards. Now. We already discussed the dogs, so we'll move on from that to the big announcement today. I don't think it's been announced yet, has it? Hang on. Let me just check, check my yeah. phone. Let me just check my phone, see if it has been announced. Uh, dear listener, today is the announcement about where the AFL Grand Final will be played. I'm just checking the AFL website to see if it has been announced. It has not. Okay, it has not. Oh, I did just see some injury news, though. Apparently, 
Reese Stanley is nursing a groin complaint that could open the door for someone else to take the ruck contest in the round 16 clash. Interesting. But anyways, that's besides the point. I'm getting ahead of myself. What venue will the grand final be announced as being the... What... Okay, let me try that sentence again. What venue will host the grand final this year? I, I think... Gabba. I th- yeah, Gabba. Queen, the Queensland government have done so much to get this competition started. Um, to be able to have a 2020 AFL season uh, would be impossible without Anastasia Palaszczuk and her government in Queensland. So I think you just pay them back for all that they've done. I agree. Uh, Thank you, Premier Palaszczuk. You're great. You're holding out strong against all those liberals. But hang on a second. This is, a, this is not politics. We're getting too into politics. But I think you're right. Gabba, it's got to be. Surely. Gabba, yeah. Can I can I mention a dark horse though? Far away. The Adelaide Oval. Yes, yep. I'd love to see a grand final play at the Adelaide Oval, but um I think this year it's gotta be Queensland. Um probably Adelaide and Perth second. Yep, I'd I say with that. Can I just read to you? If I can just find this post from Premier uh, Stephen Marshall of South Australia. He posted his support for a grand final in South Australia. So I think for me, it's all about, yeah, it says here, what can inject vibrancy into our city? What can bring people together in a COVID safe way? What can create jobs? What can support safe Australian businesses? What can we be proud of? A chance to host the AFL Grand Final. They even got Gavin Wagony to be part of the ad. Still salty that Essen didn't let go of him. But anyways, Adelaide would be great. It's got the crowd. Like 50, 55,000 as opposed to just 40. Uh, it's tricky, right? It's very, very tricky. Do you want to, do you want to, to stick to AFL traditional heartlands, or do you want to expand into NRL territory? I think it's a double-edged sword. Whoever, whatever they announce says, it's a double-edged sword, right? Either Perth, Adelaide, or Brisbane. There are great reasons for either of those places hosted but also massive drawbacks. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a, um, it's as clear as a situation where it's a, um, um, uh, I think, I think this isn't so much about which are we talking about Heartland or, or, a, or um, NRL or AFL Heartland or whatever. I think it's more about how much has this state helped us? to get a season. I think it's, it's just paying back what they've done for the game really this year. Cause it's a, it's a goddamn heap. So I think, I, yeah, I think you just go Queensland and I reckon it's an, I reckon they can even paint it as an awesome opportunity to get some more people at the game. Yep. I fully agree with that. Speaking of, uh, speaking of footy being played, 
in Adelaide. At the Adelaide Oval is where we will start round 15. Hawthorne hosting Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That's today. Adelaide will win by 10 points. The crow, group. Adelaide will win just because the last few games I've seen more from the Crows than I have the Hawks. That's why I'm tipping the Crows to win their first game of the year and avoid the Fitzroy record. How about you? I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Casper. Yeah. I'm, take, I'm taking Hawthorne to respond. Yeah. Um, more so out of just how they compare to the Crows, more so than them being an exceptional footy team because they're a bit nowhere, the Hawks, in my opinion. Yeah. I fully agree with that. I don't know if you can hear my cat in the background, but clearly she's agreeing with you too. Uh, moving on. No, I should discuss why. Okay. So the Crows... For me, you, you mentioned before how North Melbourne are in a less enviable position than the Crows. Well, I think the Hawks are in an equal position of suck as North yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, they're, they're not great, Hawthorne. Um, I'm a little bit jaded with the whole Clarko is a genius take at the moment. Well, I mean, he is. Yes, he's very good, but... I mean, where's their upside going to come from? I mean, really. Marco, you suck. (laughs) Yeah, listen to this 19-year-old country Vic um, teenager tell you that you're no good. This Richmond fan thinks that the coach of Hawthorne is awful. Yeah, well, I think he's a good coach. I just don't think um, they've got much scope for the next few years not I think not as bad as North Melbourne I because I think they're better coached um, Clarko is probably just a better, bit, a better coach I think they've got a bit more personnel they've still got Bruce etc at the footy club so um, yeah not a massive fan of the Hawks but I don't think it's going to be catastrophic for them who is a massive fan of the Hawks I mean, last True. year, I remember they had a Saturday afternoon game. No, it's Sunday afternoon game. At the MCG, Hawthorne versus GWS. Hawthorne won, by the way. And yeah, they I only drew, I think, 15,000 people at the game. Yeah. No, that was Saturday. It was Saturday afternoon. They couldn't draw more than 20,000 people at the game. Wow. Wow. Talk about fair weather supporters. Anyway, um, Bombers versus West Coast, the other game today. Massive game for the Bombers. The Eagles, Kennedy out with the concussion. And Jamie Cripps is out because he's, uh, his wife is about to give birth. Best wishes to them. I hope the birth goes well. And congratulations to them on the first baby. Um, I'm not sure why. There's, don't think there's any logic to me saying this. But the Bombers will win by <laughs> 17 points. There's no logical reason why I'm saying this. Yeah, why not? It's just hope. It's just hope. And it's hope because Joe is back. Jake is back. Kale Hooker is back. 
Dyson Heppel is back. We're getting all these players back. And I'm just thinking over the last six games before the Hawthorne game, if we had any of these players back, we probably would have won three of them. We would have beaten the Suns. We would have beaten the Saints. We would have beaten the Tigers. <laughs> I think... Um, um, oh, I think it's a... I still think West Coast win. Um, sorry, Casper. But um, but it's in Queensland. They never win in Queensland. It is in Queensland. Um, I don't know. I think it's really close, which is really exciting for us and supporters. This is the difference that Joe makes and also having Dyson Heppelback makes. Um, I think if there was ever a time to beat the Eagles uh, for the Dons, it's right now. But I still feel hard-pressed to tip against West Coast. Because I the don't see... Eagles are going down. <laughs> Why not? Let's go, Dons. Come on, Bombers. Let's do it. March to eighth spot is on. Tigers versus Fremantle. The only game on Wednesday. The Tigers will win by 42 points. I don't think I have to explain this one too much. Do I? Yeah. I, yep. I'll take it. Um, Richmond are going to be without Kane Lambert as well. Um, he's got a hip injury, but... Okay, fine. Richmond by 39 points. Yeah. <laughs> look, yeah. Look, I think it's... Are we... Are we? Uh, it's, I think for Fremantle, it'll be, it'll be a good opportunity to, to see how their young players can go against um, a more informed Tiger outfit. The Tigers are the best team in the competition. Yeah, it looks at that. No, they were really good against the Eagles. Um, they were awesome against the Eagles. Although I will say, what if the game was played in Perth? What if you guys would have won? Hmm. Interesting to think about. I I think um, that that first half of football was some of the best footy I've ever seen. It was pretty good. Um, it was it was just such an awesome game, and it was it was great to see you know the two sides sort of feeling each other out as the game went on. Um, Richmond sort of had a plan to stop West Coast intercept marking and it really clicked for them. So as a Richmond supporter, that was, that was nice to see. Yep. Usually, right. usually McGovern kills us. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how your forwards go up against one of the best back lines in the competition. But very interesting to see. Moving on to the next game and moving on to the following day, Thursday, got double header. Sydney hosting Melbourne. I okay, Melbourne supporters, right? You're gonna be screaming at your phone or at your computer or at your radio, wherever you're listening to this. You're gonna be screaming at me when I say this, but understand the fact that I still think that you guys are a better team than Sydney. But the Swans have owned you for the best part of the decade. You beat the Swans in 2010, you had a draw in 2011, and you beat them once in 2019. That is it, that is it. Even when you guys have been the better football team, which has not been much, the Swans have dominated you guys, which is why, I get that mental aspect, which is why the Swans will win by 14 points. Come at me, Melbourne fans. 
Uh, yeah, look, I, I like that take. Um, and Melbourne are a bit of an up and down team, especially after a big win. Does that inspire them, or does that mean are they going to revert to type? What's going to happen there? So, look, I'm still going to tip Melbourne. I think um, I, I, they look a bit more mature in their performances, especially when it was the case against St Kilda. But this is this is ripe for an upset. The Swans will be up for this game. They're, they're able to upset teams. We saw what they did to the Giants. We also saw what they've done to a... Um, I think it was Fremantle where they scored three goals. Yeah, they're not. They are on the on the rebuild. This one, so I'm gonna tip. I am gonna tip Melbourne, but I feel a little bit unsure about it. It was two goals against Melbourne. two goals. Jeez, I was and I was being kind. Yeah. Don't know where. Don't know where the other goal came from, but I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> three goals. The other game on Thursday is GWS versus Carlton. Massive game. Massive. In context of the eight. If Carlton loses this, bye-bye Blues. Right. If the Giants lose this, well, they are on the precipice anyways of finals oblivion for 2020. And if they lose this, their grip onto the rock of relevance will be continue to slip. And I think it will continue to slip. The Blues will win by 23 points. Upset after upset. I'm saying um, because they'll come out angry. They'll come out breathing fire, Carlton. And they will drag the Giants into football irrelevancy for this season. Carlton to win by 23 points. Yeah, the, the Blues... I'm gonna master. I think they're a massive show. I just think the Giants showed have showed something, shown something rather in the last couple of weeks. With Jake Riccardi up forward, it gives them a little bit of. They just seem a little bit more switched on. What they just seem like electrifying. Yeah, he's been good, hasn't he? They just seem more kicked into gear. But I'm gonna tip the Giants. But, 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 he hasn't played against Jacob Wiedering, the best defender in the league. True, but hmm. yeah, it's close. It's close, um, but I think this Giants outfit have shown last week that they're they're not easy beats. They're still a very good footy team. They just need the right encouragement. Yep, they're not getting it from me. Giants to lose. Friday night blockbuster. It's a blockbuster. At the Gabba, if you don't mind, Brisbane versus Collingwood. I feel like we need like WWE walk-in style introduction to both teams. And in the left corner, we have the Lions from Brisbane. And from the other corner, we have the most hated team in the competition and possibly in the entire country. The Collingwood Magpies. Boy, I think that would be awesome. That would be incredible. And I'll tell you who we should get to do that. I reckon we should probably get... Oh, jeez. I wonder who should we should get to do that. I reckon we should get someone with, like, the, less, the least threatening voice in the entire competition to do that. Nick Del Santo. Get Nick Del Santo to do that. 
right? He has such a pleasant voice to listen to. I can imagine him doing that. It would be absolutely hilarious. No, no offense, Nick. Love you. Love what you're about. Great player. Fantastic player. But that would be hilarious. That's all I'm saying. And this yeah. is what I'm saying as well. The Lions will beat Collingwood by 15 points. It will be the first time Brisbane will beat Collingwood since 2014 when the Lions annihilated Collingwood on a Saturday night at the MCG by about 67 points to almost end Collingwood's finals hopes that year. And they will severely hamper Collingwood's chances at October action by winning this game of football. 15 points, Brisbane. Yeah, I reckon Brisbane win. Um, I think it'll be relatively straightforward even because Collingwood don't inspire me with a hell of a lot of faith. I'll be frank. Um, especially at the moment, they just don't look like themselves. So, yeah, I'm going to take Brisbane by 25 points. Sorry, Collingwood fans. Hashtag not sorry, Collingwood fans. Moving on to round 16, Saturday. Afternoon football at Metricon Stadium, North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Now, the last time that these two teams met, I thought that it was going to be an easy cakewalk victory for Port. Port Adelaide were coming off of a massive victory against the Swans, while the Kangaroos were coming off of a one-goal performance against Geelong. And out of nowhere, Ben Brown announced himself to the AFL world that he could be the next Wayne Carey, minus sleeping with his best wife, his best mate's wife, and he kicked 10 yeah. goals to annihilate the power by 80-something points. It was incredible. It was incredible. I couldn't believe it. And Port Adelaide, somehow, right? This is how bad Port were on that night. The Crows, early in the day, got crushed by Collingwood. And at the start of the night, were miles behind Port Adelaide on the ladder in terms of percentage. At the end of that game, Port were behind the Crows on the ladder and on percentage. I couldn't believe it. Which is why. Yeah. I'm saying the tables have turned. The tables have turned. Ben Brown is nowhere to be seen on the football field, especially not in a royal blue and white jumper. The kangaroos are in disarray. They got hammered by 10 goals against the Suns and they were lucky it wasn't by more. The power are looking good. They shrugged off the Swans' challenge. Unlike this, unlike last year though, which after they played the Swans, they got hammered by the kangaroos. This year, after beating the Swans, they will do the hammering to North Melbourne. Port Adelaide by 52 points. It could get a lot uglier than that. Yeah, this will be, this will be ugly. Confirm this will be very ugly, I think. Um, I agree. No, I fully agree with that one. So, yeah... Um, Port Adelaide by, t take your pick between 40 and 60 points. Try 40 and 100. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? Jeez. Jeez. North Melbourne, you are doormats. No, you are lower than doormats. You are like the floor upon which a doormat is placed. 
Maybe, yeah. a bit, maybe a bit too mean? Nah, I'm not mean enough. No, they're not great, North. I think you've got to call a spade a spade sometimes and just, you know, when teams are no good, they are no good. I fully agree with that. Sunday afternoon football, St Kilda versus Hawthorne at Metricon Stadium. My dogs are clearly very excited for this game. The Saints will win by 20 points uh, simply because they have to win. They just have to. I say, I say it's only going to be 20 because the Hawks have been very competitive the last few weeks. I don't think they'll be blown out by the Saints. But St. Kilda have to win. They just have to. Surely they win, right? Surely. Saints by 35 points. Yes. Yep, I fully agree with that one. Yep, they're, they're not much chop uh, Hawthorne, so. Yep, nope, I agree with that. Now we move on to the next game. Geelong versus Essendon at the Gabba. We have a recent history of beating Geelong when we shouldn't. 2017, country game, Geelong were going great. We were going okay. We dominated them Early, held on, late. Joe Danaher kicked the goal from, I think, like 150 metres away. It was great. And then 2018, heading into it, we had lost to Carlton the week before. Right? That's how bad we were going. We let go of one of our assistant coaches. And we came back, we dominated them, crushed them. Which is why I think it will happen again. <laughs> the Bobbers will win by 17 points. Come at me. <laughs> Actually, the Bombers win by 19 points. That's how comfortable it will be. Over three goals. That's all. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Cats by 20. Sorry, man. <laughs> okay. um, I think the Bombers, I think this will be the week where Joe gets a week off. Yeah. And as a result, I think that um, the Geelong defence will just be a touch too strong. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one, Patty. Joe is the best forward in this competition, and you can't convince me otherwise. Oh, he's a gun. He just has to play. That's the problem. Mm. The Bulldogs versus the Eagles at Metricon Stadium. I'm really torn about this one because, on the one hand, you have a team that can't play in Queensland playing in Queensland, and yet you have another team who can't play against one of the top teams in the competition. Playing against one of the top teams in the competition. Mm. I'm going with the Eagles. What? I yeah. can't believe it. I thought he said that they won't win in Queensland. I know, I know, I know. I get it. I get it. I do. <laughs> but only a week after tipping that they would beat the Tigers, I'm tipping that they'll beat the Bulldogs, which clearly my dogs aren't happy with. But they will win by one point. The West Coast Eagles. It will be I a, think the Eagles okay. win. I think the Eagles win by uh, thirty-five points. I I just think the dogs are in a bit of trouble. Ooh! Wow! Sorry, Bulldogs fans. And I do think that the Eagles will wake up as well because um, this is a very good footy team that were quite rightly premiership favourites until very recently. I think that if the grand final is going to be held in Perth, then they should be premiership favourites. Oh, if totally. They're, they're, anywhere else, they won't get anywhere near it. 
And I should say, I well, they want a home qualifying final. West Coast. They, if they don't get it, they're not winning the Premiership this year. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that one as well. Yep, which is why they're not going to win the Premiership because they're not going to finish first or second. So sorry, Eagles. Yep. I'm ruling a line under you winning the Premiership. How about that? How about that? Anyway, uh, it's Monday. Football, you got to love it. Monday footy up in Cairns, if you don't mind. Far North Queensland gets a chance to host footy. It's great to see the Ds and the Dockers duking it out at Kazali Stadium. I think the power of Kazali will help power Melbourne to a victory against the Dockers. It will be the Ds destroying the Do- uh, not destroying the Dockers. It will be the Ds defeating the Dockers by 20 points. Yeah, I agree with you there. Although, although, I will say that this is the type of game where an upset can happen. And I know Melbourne fans, I know it seems like I'm picking on you perhaps unfairly, and I am. But the point is, this is the type of game that screams upset. Just saying, Melbourne, don't head into this thinking you'll win. Yep, I think Melbourne just need to keep the, the, the foot on the throat really this year because there are there is so much that has gone wrong for this footy club when they haven't been prepared to address their problems. Yep. Um, they are have a reputation for inconsistency and I think that's going to be a hard mantle to shake and they have to win this, this one. Like If they want to make the eight and they want to really be a threat in the finals... Now you've, you've got to beat Fremantle. Yeah, I agree with that. Sorry, Fremantle. You're just that team that everyone who wants to make finals just has to beat. Yeah. Adelaide versus the Giants at the Adelaide Oval on Tuesday afternoon football. I'm tipping the Giants to end by nine. Nine. Yeah, good call. Um, Giants win. Not sure how... Adelaide are going to get too close to this Giants team if they remember how to play footy. You know what's the most alarming thing about the Giants? Is that they have had one of the easiest injury runs this year so far. And they, for the most part of the season, have been so disappointing. Like, at least Collingwood has injuries. At least Essendon has injuries. What's the Giants? Yeah, I know. They're just, I think they're just a bit immature, unfortunately. Yep. I fully agree with that. Speaking of uh, perhaps a little bit immature, I'm going to stick with the Swans in the next game. Carlton versus Sydney at Metricon Stadium. This is the game where Carlton's football finals chances will disappear. Sydney by 18 points. No particular reason. Just, just tipping the swans. Yep. No, I think um, I think once Carl, if Carlton do get chucked out of the um, the finals contention, they will be quite beatable. And I think that's it. we've seen Sydney have been able to beat teams who haven't been up for the fight. Yep, I agree with that. Carlton, watch out! The swans are coming. And then the last game 
that we're going to discuss in this podcast episode. I'm so looking forward to this. Wednesday night football from the Gabba. It is the Q Clash to beat all Q Clashes. The Lions and the Suns. Who's going to win, Patty? This is so good for Queensland footy, isn't it? To have teams, act- the que- both Queensland sides competitive at the same time. In a, in a year, they're probably going to have the grand final. So I'm going to tip Brisbane, but massive, massive chance for the Suns. I agree with that. I'm tipping Brisbane too, but it'll be close. And Q clashes are unpredictable. They are, that they are unpredictable. The only thing that they're predictable is how unpredictable. How un- how unpredictable they are. I'm tipping the Lions by 10 points, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns were to win their first Q Clash since early 2018. Man, you remember those 2018 Q Clashes? Good times. Duke Miller versus Dane Zorko show. Oh, it was so great to see. It was so great to see the little budding rivalry between those two players. And I will say this, I am on Team Took Miller. I'm just saying I am on Team Took. Hashtag Team Took for life. And that is all she wrote for this week's episode of the Through the Banner podcast. Patty Grinlay, all the way in regional Victoria, up in Woodend, I would say. Thank you very much for joining me this week, Patty. And I wish your Tigers all the best for the coming round of matches. Thanks, mate. Go Dons. Thank you very much. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, miraculously be undefeated the next two games. I think we will. I have faith. Come on, Joe. Come on, Joe. Kick more goals from 50 meters out. Take more speckies on top of own teammates. Do more spectacular things. It's just great having you back. And that is all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's episode of Through the Banner Podcast. My name is Casper Clouds. And from Dubai, I'll see you next week. Bye!